This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. So hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle, from the second chair for the second chair. Welcome back to season five of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. We are so excited to have you here today. If you lead from the middle in any capacity in church life, Leading Second is for you. So welcome home. Welcome to our tribe today. And today we have an important conversation to have. Uh, So important. I just felt led to interrupt the plan and create some space today to have an important conversation. And I actually invited my pastor, Pastor Kevin Gerald, to join us today spontaneously for an episode. Welcome to Leading Second Podcast, Pastor Kevin. Hello, everyone. Great to be here today. And uh, I wanted to have this conversation with you today because you are no doubt, um, you know, one of the people that I've looked to in tough moments for tough conversations. I I so appreciate your wisdom. And I feel like we're in a moment where, where leaders could use some wisdom on, on how to walk through something. So today, PK, I'd like to have a conversation on when leaders fall or when leaders make a mistake. And this is not an easy conversation to have. It's not one that we take any joy in having, but it seems like we're in a season where um, these re- reports and events are coming at us at a pretty consistent pace. Mm-hmm. Some something about this last season has brought a lot of this on. And before we get talking today, I do want to set some ground rules for our conversation. Uh, today's episode is not referencing any particular leadership scenario or person you may have heard about. Um, if you're here for that today, you're just not going to find it. So um, that'd be a reason to turn this one off today. Today is a pure church loving, church protecting conversation in hopes that uh, those of us who love the church and want to build the church have the right mindset for these moments. Um, and this conversation, Pastor Kevin, it comes out of hearts who who fiercely love the local church. You've taught us to do that. And so this conversation is only in that spirit. We believe leaders are worth double honor. And, and we are here to honor, honor leaders, but yet get our, our mindset right. So having said that PK, I'd love to just hear where your head's at. We've, we've seen, we've seen these reports coming at a regular pace. It feels like, um, where's your head been at with that? Well, anytime I hear about a failure, a fall of a person in our church or a leader, whether they are a peer or someone that I know or not, it seems like my mind always goes to the scripture in Galatians chapter 6, where it tells us to uh, behave in a particular or respond in a particular way. And here's how it reads. It says, If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Mm. That's the first verse of Galatians chapter 6. So it's basically giving you about as clear of a direction as can be given. Mm. 
um, whenever somebody that we love, care about, have followed, or have led uh, is overtaken in a fault, it tells us to restore them in a you know, a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So I want to draw a couple of maybe suppositions from that in my response to you yeah. today, Brandon, Yeah. in that uh, I used to think that that only meant like you could also fall, Kevin, you could also fail, mm. you could also sin. And it does mean that. Okay, but I also think there's maybe something a little bit deeper here mm. um, that it, it it's worth talking about. And that means that if you don't respond properly or in the right mm. way, you also fail. Wow. And wow. that's what I that's what I want to propose today is that I think it's important to watch yourself guard yourself when someone else, you know, when someone else falls, um, that you respond in the right way. Yes. So for example, I think most of us would know that none of us would want to celebrate somebody's fall. That's right. None of us should say things like, well, I knew that was going to happen. Look at what happened to them. You know, their power went to their head or, you know, I saw that in them all along. Or, I mean, you could go down that road. And those, I think those sound, you know, potentially those sound very, uh, you know, carnal or, but I don't think anybody's very far away from some response that's inappropriate. Mm, mm. And, and that's my point. Yeah. I, I think that everybody is just one, one step away from a right. bad response to somebody else's failure. Right. And, the reason I wanted to have this conversation is when these moments happen in the church, and they've happened all along, uh, but when these moments happen, it feels like the loud voices are the ones that want to tear the place down, mm. you know, tear the church down, cancel leaders. I think I just wanted to offer a different lens for every leader that is out there today that you love the church. Mm-hmm. You've been influenced by some of these great, men and women of God and their ministries, maybe we can offer a different way forward in your mind rather than cancel culture and and some of the stuff that we just hear so loud. Uh, I'd like, like us to offer a different thought for you on that today. So Pastor Kevin, if the next time a report comes out, we or we we hear something or like you're mentioning someone that we love in our own church, you know, walks through mm-hmm. a fall like this, what are some anchors that we can have in those moments? Like, where do we go? You've already mentioned Galatians 6, which was beautiful. Like, where do we go in prayer? Where do we go in thought? Could you maybe give us some anchors for that? Well, where we go in prayer is that I don't think any of us are uh, too far away from, you know, the opportunity at any given moment to literally just call somebody's name in prayer. And I think the minute you do that, you find yourself in a place of empathy just Mm. by the nature of prayer. Like if you really do pray for someone, it it softens um, whatever level of anger you might have. It begins to soften that space. It begins to bring you back into an appropriate mindset that is spiritual in nature Mm. versus carnal. 
and Great. human in nature. So the minute you call that person's name in prayer, and and then you add to that prayers like um, I, you know, I pray for that person today to not give up their faith. I pray for mm. them today to not miss out on the plan that God has for them in of restoration and healing and health. And well, I pray for their family today. I pray for their children. I, I pray. So I think just beginning, I'm taking you down that path of just letting yourself Great. Pr- be in that place where empathy begins to happen. How would you want someone to pray for you mm. if you were in that position? And that makes it very, and at least to me, it makes it easy makes it easier because we're starting to identify the human element in all of it. I, I want to say something too, Brandon, about, uh, about restoration is that when the scripture teaches us to restore people in their faith, um, I think there's two levels of that. And, and the first one is just to see them restored into the family of God and not to be on the outside of right. the family of God. Right. So you're wanting to see them, you're wanting to see all the things that, you know, have to do with maybe forgiveness and grace activated in their life, hope uh, for the future activated in their life, knowing that God mm-hmm. has a plan, even in the worst failures and circumstances. That's right. So, so all of that, that's, that's one thing, but I want to do this uh, for everybody listening today. And that is that it doesn't always mean that if a person's in a position of leadership that that they're going to or should be brought back into leadership. Sure. sure. And I want to just bring that out because I think that sometimes we don't we don't realize the two parts of restoration. And I think there is absolutely two parts. And one way to think of this is an athlete who is injured on a field they have to, first of all, just be analyzed from the standpoint of, of health. That's like right. In a, in a bad injury on a football field, people, people could literally die. And right. so first things first, even when you get them to the locker room, they start to go through x-rays. The first thing doctors want to know, is there a blood clot somewhere? Is, is this like more serious? Does it have to have immediate surgery? They're not supposed to think about, are they going to be on the football field right, next week? Right. They're supposed to think about the person's health. And so I, I think that a lot of times we don't get this right when it comes to uh, leadership failure is that sometimes it, it means when there's a failure, it means they should eventually be restored back into position of pastoring or leading or whatever it might be. Absolutely. But sometimes it doesn't mean that. And I think everyone should take a step backwards, take a breath, realize that time has to play its part. But the first thing we consider is the individual's spiritual health and being brought into the family before we ever think about or wonder, well, are they ever going to pastor again? Are they ever going to da 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 well, that's uh, that's a whole nother set of decisions. I wish I hope my pastor friends today would be listening yeah. as well to this because it's a whole different set. We we have failures on our staff. We have things happen in our that's own right. team over the years, and those are those are two separate conversations for me. One of them has to do with them, their family, 
you know, their walk with God. And then the whole, the, the other one, it has to do with their ministry. I've actually seen you respond that way to them. I've always appreciated that. I've always appreciated while trust might be broken and trust might be lost at the same time, showing care for the family. Mm. And I think it's, you can live in both of those realities that mm-hmm. we may not have a way forward right now with your role. That's clear, mm-hmm. but, I, but I'm for your family and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm for you. Mm-hmm. And that that's, that's very, very well said. Let me pivot to this conversation. Maybe, maybe one of the most important questions I wanted to ask you, these are moments when we, when we experience this or hear these reports, these are moments that can serve as the Genesis for people that start walking the road of doubt or cynicism toward the church. If you want to throw the word deconstruction in there, people that, that start to pull the thread of was this, it was this even real to begin with, Mm. you know, and these, these are some of those Genesis moments for people that walk that road. So what would you say to a person who feels their faith is being undone Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. a leadership failure? I would say, first of all, that it is normal to feel betrayed Mm. uh, for many people. It's normal to feel uh, angry, Mm. um, disappointed. Those emotions, those feelings initially are part of loving people um, because you get let down, but you still love them. But what we have to remember is that it's not what happens, it's how we respond to it Mm. that matters the most. And so if we could go back to that verse, Galatians 6 and 1, and what I alluded to a moment ago, is the instruction there is like, watch how you respond or watch how you react or watch what you say or do lest you also be tempted and fail. So that's really, this, this is, I'm glad we came full circle on this because it's, it, your response is like under a microscope. Right. Having to do with your life and, and your future. And I think it's really easy if you're not careful to let yourself start to play the victim Mm. of somebody else's failure, mm. like you start to be the victimized or you start to place the blame. And then you actually justify, in a sense, your failure based on their failure. Wow. Like you, if you're not yeah. if you're not aware of this, you, now you justify your own downward spin, your own anger, your own hostility, your own reaction to the church, your own reaction to God's grace in your life. Which is absurd, but that's what humans do. And we have to take a step back and realize Mm. that what really is going on in that season has has nothing to do with them and everything to do with us. Like if if we can make that shift to say that, you know, the, the right response is to grieve the loss, but stay the course, like stay the course, it's it. If, if your faith is being affected by a leader's failure or someone you care about's failure, please hear me today. Like, take a step back, separate your life from their life and realize that they're running their race and you're running your race. Right. And they may have fallen down in the middle of their race, right? 
But that doesn't get, you know, maybe they're even a teammate. Let, let's use that analogy. They're a teammate and you're running laps, yeah. you know, and and you're passing the baton in the relay race. Well, they fell down, et cetera. But now there's a baton shift and God is watching you. God is watching me. God is watching us. We have to stay the course and run our race without saying, without applying blame and saying, well, I'm just going to quit because you fell down or I'm going right. to, you know, you don't do that. You, you keep going and you continue to say, I'm not going to allow myself to justify my failure based on theirs. Mm -hmm. Is it hypocritical to stand by a leader when they make a mistake? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think, it, you know, it's it's wrong to cover up. It's wrong to deny. Absolutely. And all of that. But it's certainly not, it's not hypocritical. Um, I think it's a godly trait to say, I'm not going to enter in on the blame game. I'm not going to pick up a stone to those who yeah. have sinned. I'm not going to be a part of that. Because he is that is without sin, let him cast. So I'm not getting on social media. I'm not joining cancel culture. I'm not going any of those directions. All of that is wrong. I hope every young person who is part of a local church and hearing us today understands that all of that response is not kingdom response when right. somebody fails. Something that ends up so loud on social media right now people that that love to attack the church in in these moments they'll they'll use this reference you know well Jesus went into the temple and he flipped the tables you know you know and then he you know and and so the, the, in other words justifying a response of well I'm just flipping some tables today yeah. you know around yeah. here and I heard a really brilliant quote in teaching the other day from a speaker saying of course, Jesus flipped the tables. They were his tables to flip. It was his father's house. Yeah. You don't go into somebody else's house and flip tables. Mm. That would be rude. Mm. You know, yeah. in, in other words, if Jesus wants to flip the tables, let Jesus flip the tables. Right. Our response is actually much more to set a table for mm. people of, of grace and forgiveness. Mm. Like let Jesus do the flipping of the tables. Mm -hmm. Our job is to set the tables, to welcome people back into grace as we're as we're able to i just thought that was interesting because that is the tenor of our of our online conversation that i see so much of right now yeah. is i'm i'm just going to be a table flipper i i see these two extremes i mean on one side you've got people that like they in their mind like well, it's no big deal. You know, everyone right. does wrong. And let's just, let's all sing a little song and come together and, you know, uh, 24 hours and we'll all get through this. And and to many of us, that sounds so shallow. You know, that's yeah, not, no. that's not love. That's not, in fact, I would just give permission to you, somebody close to you, a friend, a relative, a you know, uh, somebody in ministry that you admire and love and you've been around them, you don't have to like go charging in to this, you know, this uh, dripping saliva love out of your mouth, you know, just like, <laughs> and, and, and God doesn't expect that yeah. uh, of any of us. You might need to take a breath. You might need to go silent for a while. You might need to go quiet and just work on your own, you know, responses, getting right, sort out your emotions uh, b before God, that that's okay. But, yeah. but 
I would just say to join in with or to even let, let me let me qualify the silence. Like when I say silence, I'm talking about at a personal level. I think when it comes to group conversations to engage it appropriately would be to say we all need to work on on love and we all need to work on grace. Mm. But I don't think we need to be at, at a level where we relegate some kind of false you know, uh, reaction that's not human um, in the name of love. I, I, but on the other hand, what we're saying today, too, is that neither do you go, you know, as a kingdom person, do you go to any level of picking up a stone right. and joining in the the social media conversation or even the, the back halls conversation. Yeah. Um, say you're angry. If you're angry, say, say I'm angry. I'm, I'm working it through. I'm, I'm bothered. I'm upset. Say all of that. Just be honest, be transparent, but certainly don't throw a stone. Well said. I want to read a quote to you, my favorite Charles Spurgeon quote. And then I want to ask you a final question here. Um, he said this one time, he said, the church is not perfect, but woe to the man who finds pleasure in pointing out her imperfections. Mm. Christ loves his church. Let us do the same. Mm. I have no doubt that the Lord can see more fault in his church than I can. And I have equal confidence that he sees no fault at all because he covers her faults with his own love, that love which covers a multitude of sins, and he removes all her defilement with that precious blood which washes away all the transgressions of his people. Mm-hmm. And I've loved that. Like I, I, he can see the fault, but he sees no fault at all. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the goodness of God. So I guess let me just ask you to help us land the plane on this to everyone who's out there who's saying, I want to, I want to love the church. Like Jesus loves the church. I want to build the church. Even in the face of moments like this, like what can we do to protect and stand up for our church? Yeah, first of all, see it as your role to protect the church. Uh, I think a lot of people, interestingly enough, when there is a, uh, you know, something happens and a failure and a fault in the church, a lot of church people don't see their role clearly to protect the church. And, you know, I think I like, I always like to remind people, and, and this is not just my little whim. I mean, there's a lot of, there's documentation, scripture and all that, but I don't want to get deep in it. But the church, seeing the church as your, your mother mm. and God as your father is a legitimate mm. paradigm. It, mm. It's a legitimate way to think about the church. Mm. And the reason I'm bringing that up right now is that there's none of us who have perfect mothers. Right. right, right. <laughs> and in, in fact, we we can look at the imperfection and we can say, you know, to mom, mom, we need to do this different. Mom, we need to, you know, right. why are you acting that way, mom? Like we can do all of those things, but don't talk about my mom. Like don't yeah, don't you dare like so it's like right. we go into protection mode. Whenever someone else and, you know, I see that with my own family, with our wife, with our children, you know, it's like we may have to deal with things on our own um, in private to to get better or to correct one another appropriately. But don't anybody else step on my family and and think I'm just going to join in that song. So we have to see it as our responsibility to protect the church, protect what Jesus loves the most, and recognize that 
you know, any situation that happens in leadership, there's always God. God's not surprised by it. And there's always a, a plan and there's God always has a response and restoration in some cases is it's such a beautiful and potential thing in other cases where that's not really going to happen because of the person's plans or self-will or whatever might be involved. Um, God, you know, God, when one leader falls, God has another one in the wings. I mean, when think of think of Saul and David. David literally was in Saul's house playing music that the Holy Spirit responded to to try to keep evil spirits away from Saul. Right. And eventually he was the successor, as as we all know. Like God had a plan, like right, right there, having him in the temple, in the I'm sorry, in the in the castle whatever or the king's yeah. house yeah. he was he was around that whole thing and ran in that circle as just a young guy because god was preparing him for where he was going to be eventually so no failure saul's failure didn't surprise god saul's downward spiral didn't surprise god no failure of a human being surprises god uh god always had and and, and i'm saying that not to just say, well, let's move on and forget that other person, right. but but to continue to protect the church, fight for the church, and fight and build what God loves, and fight for it and love it like God loves it. And so, anyway, that that's what I would just yeah. encourage everybody to do today. And I think we just need to anchor into the fact that Scripture tells us that all things work together for the good. Mm-hmm. And it may not seem... Good, And I don't think we have to call some of these situations good, but God works and wills that all things work together for the good. I'm, I'm often encouraged by Moses, you know, Moses, incredible leader on all accounts. He did incredible things uh, for the nation of Israel, yet never saw the promised land. Right. Because of a mistake. Right. Which being honest, I think you'd probably agree. seems a little severe, mm-hmm. you know, given, given his history and the way he struck a rock, you know, and like, that's the DQ, you know, right. it, it's always seemed a very, a very severe penalty to me, you know, but, but what's so interesting about it, you, you might say, well, because Moses made a mistake, you know, it ended mm-hmm. things for him. Well, no, that's not the end of the story. Moses saw the promised land with a transfigured Christ yep. with the disciples. He, Moses Beautiful. stepped foot in the promised land Beautiful. and he did it in the glory of God, yep. in the presence of Christ. And you just have to, you just have to trust the idea that God works all things together for good. Yeah, And we may not understand it and we don't have to call a situation good, but God wills it. Yeah, and maybe just a slight, uh, I I like the way you said it, just to maybe something that helps me is, I want to say it like this, in all things, Mm. God works. Mm. I like to break that down. That's one of my favorite scriptures. I say it a lot. That's why I'm wanting to say it this way in this Mm. moment, is because the, the, the theme is exactly what you said. But the literal nature has its own potency in all things God works. Like mm, in the middle mm, great. of Beautiful. the scenario, God is already at work. And I Beautiful. think taking comfort in that, having peace in that, letting yourself just realize, you know what, I'm not going to be 
caught up in worry and fear about the future or how's this all going to work out or if I can just rest in the fact that God's all he's working I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and God's got this God's got his church I just got to keep doing what I do to stay a part of it that's right well thank you PK for some spiritual father wisdom in this moment in this season we need it Mm. and i i so value your voice i know so many listening to you today as well and i just want to remind everyone listening today the apostle paul charged the younger timothy to pray for leaders Mm. pray for those in authority maybe that can just be our commitment today moving forward to to pray for kings and leaders and all those in authority and we love you leading second uh so proud to be a part of a tribe that wants to get it right. So mm-hmm. we love you. However, you're listening to this today, uh, hit subscribe. It would be our honor to have a conversation with you like this every single Thursday morning uh, with the new episodes. Uh, but until next time, leading second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. God bless you. For more information, check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. 